Listing time, 25 minutes, 26 seconds. The Yurka Game As Nick raps on the metal screen door of Curl's house, the lingering high stink of the neighboring corn mill and the belching semis tumbling down the road swirls around us. This is the smell of my hometown, Cedar Rapids. Its familiarity returns to me like a slap, rudely immediate, as if moving a thousand miles away never happened. Is she there, I ask, walking up the steps? And Nick glances back at me, the perspiration already dripping off his coal-colored curls. He shakes his head, turns back to the door, banging on it with a closed fist. He leans to his left and cups his hands around his eyes, peering into the picture window next to the door, his shoulders hunching like a coat hanger. Nothing there. He knuckles the window, and then I follow as he marches down the stairs and onto the gravel driveway along the length of the house to the standalone garage. We peer into the dusty rectangle windows to find it empty. Nick says, You told her what time we were coming, right? I rub the dirt off my forehead. Duh, I say. Carl's house is smallish, yellow shingled, crying out for a paint job, and she hasn't worried about the grass lately. It's growing tall all over the front yard, the blades bleeding white, burnt out on the ends. Screw it, let's just leave her a note and go and get a beer at that bar down the road. Nick heads back to the car, even though the key is probably under a big rock or maybe hidden under one of the planters with the dead geraniums on our back deck, which I knew was recently built with the money Coral received from our mother's estate. I glance at my watch. One beer, okay? One. He jerks open the Jetta's passenger side door and then the glove box, where he fishes out a blue Bic pen and a scrap of paper. He unfolds himself from the car and I dash the note. Meet us up at Johnny's. I stay in and chew on the end of the pen, wondering if I should sign it. Nick stands next to me with his hands on his hips. Jen, come on. He snatches the paper out of my hand. Maybe she got caught up at the hospital, I say, as he starts toward the front door. Don't leave it in the front. She enters through the back door. When he returns, I tell him to move the car onto the street. He slams the car door, pulling out of the driveway with a screech, and then slams the door again after parking. This is a pain in the ass, he says. The humidity is as bad as we left it in Houston. Rings of sweat curl at the underarms of his burgundy t-shirt as we trudge down the street, which is newly laid with fresh oil over gravel. I pull a cigarette out of my purse. You should have stayed home. One less fucking problem for me. You think I was going to let you drive all that way by yourself, Nick replies as we enter the bar, which is a standalone building on the corner, made of bleached white cinder blocks and peeling charcoal tiles. Inside is dark, cavernous, windowless. The only light supplied by a small TV in the corner of the bar and amber sockets that dot the black rectangle ceiling tiles. I sense Nick relaxing, as if the anticipation of the beer itself is enough to switch his mood. I slide into a booth that lines the wall and watch Nick approach the bar on the opposite side of the room. He's not a big man, but he acts big, the way he orders the bartender, a young woman with long crow-colored hair and tattoos crawling up her arm. (laughs) Thank you.